In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's guest is extremely passionate about gut health, optimization, masculinity, biological connections, and achieving radiant health. Christian Van Camp, welcome to the show, man. Lucas, I'm so excited to chop up some goodness for the people out here in cyberspace. (laughs) Awesome. Christian, do you want to maybe first off start out with Letting my audience know, how did you get into the health optimization space? For a lot of us, it typically starts with a a negative outcome or negative aspect of health that inspires us down a trajectory of vitality. So that's that's exactly my story. It all started with my family's health predominantly. I was in high school. I had a lot of fitness endeavors. I was deep into track and field, soccer, all sorts of sports throughout my life. So I had that in my belt, but I was always going through the Chick-fil-A drive-through. I was always picking up some nasty fast food and eventually that caught up onto me, right? So I started experiencing some gut health issues. When I was around 15, I was actually constipated for around six days. So I wasn't able to excrete and poop for six days. So you can imagine how freaky that it is at a young age, just like, what is going to happen with this? So that led me down the trajectory of, okay, after day two or three, I'm like, let's get this checked out. Let's go into the doctor. Of course, they prescribed me a gastroenterologist, which is a systems approach I started waking up into. 
asked me a couple questions for like two minutes in the room, immediately prescribes me heavy laxatives, took those for a day, didn't work. It made me just feel even more lousy mentally, so many things psychologically it affected. At that point in time, I made the turning approach to, okay, let's do something about this more holistically. And I just started reaching, researching things online. Right about this time, I was actually delving into Ben Greenfield's work. And so he inspired me a lot when it came to that. So this led into acupuncture. Uh, this led into me. This is all within like three days. I'm doing this, by the way. It's insane. So I'm just getting bombarded by this natural health realm, which is amazing. So acupuncture, colonics. So getting some water pumped up my butt from this woman who does this for a living. It was the most entertaining thing at like 16 years old, having my legs up like I'm having a baby. And she's, she's sticking this in there. We're having conversations and stuff. So that was novel and very insecure, but it got me into that comfort of just really, this is health. This is what you got to do for health. So I started doing things like that. went into chiropractic care, just all within a three, four day span, I just started delving deeply into these areas and it worked and ended up helping out. And I come to discover the main cause of this was actually stress in my body. It was drinking a lot of alcohol. It was being dehydrated. That's why I was constipated. And so it wasn't like a straight shot of one specific thing. It's like we are this interconnected species and there's so much that is going on. Um, so it's like that interconnectedness has really brought me down that path. And then, you know, there's a tremendous amount of things growing up. Like my little sister, Nina, had a heart transplant back in March of 2014. She was born with a, uh, a, a congenital heart issue called hypoplastic left, left heart syndrome. Excuse me. So hypoplastic left heart syndrome. It's basically like a three-chambered heart. We all have four chambers right now, atrium, you have the ventricles, but she had this poor blood flow throughout her whole life, having this uh, basically atrium and ventricle mashup and so many procedures throughout the years at a young age, eventually leading her into this failing heart of Christmas day of 2013. She was in the hospital and administered and was there for three to four months until she received this new heart. And she's alive today if it weren't for Western medicine. So absolutely beautiful story with that and she's doing well today but got to see the symbiosis of western care and how there's acute issues that arise in our life that a broken bone or a car wreck or just like a heart condition and how that can really get us to heal and stand back on our feet but then there's this whole aspect of is the medications are these things actually going to help us in the long run and no they really aren't what is true natural health and vitality with eastern approaches so that's a simple synopsis of it all right there and my inspiration and how it kindled yeah, and uh, those listening in, uh, Christian's got an amazing Instagram channel, which we'll put in the, uh, in the show notes. But you've already touched on my next question, which was going to be around how you think Western medicine fails to approach health. Like, what do you think are the major drawbacks with Western medicine? Mm, I think it's kind of what I alluded to earlier is it really is a lack of that personalized approach. It's I go into the doctor's office for a couple minutes, have a couple questions that don't pertain to nutrition, to fitness level, to your movement, to your stress levels and relationships. None of that stuff is discussed in these doctor's visits. Um, and I saw that firsthand. And there's a common neglect of that. So that is really the biggest component there is how everything is interconnected in that holistic approach of all these dimensions of wellness. I see a major void in the industry today, and that's exactly what it is. It's an industry. It's uh, designed to feed in money and, and make money. It's a business. And so it turned, it basically was something good at first, which turned into something that became money hungry later on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's have a look at, uh, I know gut health is an area that you're you know, really passionate about. Did you want to talk about you know, the common problems is a lot of young individuals these days suffering from gut issues. What are you seeing are the common issues and where do you think this is really stemming from? 
Yeah, so we have you know, hundreds of trillions of these bacteria within our gut at this very moment right now, and they nearly control every facet of our life, our energy levels, how our mitochondria functions, you know, quote-unquote powerhouses of the cell, uh, affects our metabolism in so many ways, our mood. And so, you know, most people today have some level of dysbiosis, um, and I actually have been doing a lot more research on Firmicutes and uh, Bacterioidetes, which are basically two uh, major bacterias within the gut, um, and... Now, if we have too much Firmicutes, an excess of them, you can think of it as fat, FF. Uh, tend to have a, a more, uh, you, you may lean into more obesity, more health issues overall, less longevity, all those things. And then if you have more of a predominant balance of bacterioidetes, it's so hard to pronounce, uh, you will have a more favorable outcome with your health, right? And so metabolism, better energy, all those things. And so it's that fine duet, but you don't want to have too much of either one. It's that fine balance. And that's where symbiosis comes in, right? Our, our landscape of the gut is beautiful. There's thousands of species, and it's like, how do they you know, we work with these things to make us feel good and you know, amazing every single day we wake up? And so I'm very passionate about finding that symbiosis and you know, any strategies that we can go into to help out with that. But uh, the biggest problem nowadays is the dysbiosis. It's candida overgrowth. It's... Butchering your gut with alcohol overuse, uh, fast food is loaded up in all these chemicals. We don't even know what they are. They are not familiar to our ancestral origins. And so how do we, you know, we eliminate those and start integrating more of this uh, landscape of nutrient density? Yeah, when you're mentioning the um, Firmicutes, uh, remember there was another one of my mentors he used to say, like, they, they don't make you firm and cute, even though they're spelt like yeah, right. <laughs> The Isn't other that names, funny? Um, we want more of the bacteriodetes, yeah? We want mm -hmm, more of mm -hmm. that. Um, so let's look at the nutritional approach. And again, like I'd imagine over the years, you've probably experimented with a range of different dietary protocols and different strategies when it comes to nutrition. Did you want to sort of explain maybe what you think is a you know, sustainable way to structure out our nutrition? Mm. For most people, if you're starting a new protocol or looking to improve your health overall with your nutrition, just start with what you're putting in that shouldn't be there. Elimination. Elimination is key. That's the first step because if you're going to start integrating healthy foods but you're still eating the trash ones or the ones not clicking with your biology or your health, uh, boost your biology, then it's uh, really not going to do you any good, right? You may feel a little bit better elevating some of these healthier foods, but you'll still be serving the ones that are not uh, the bacteria that isn't serving you overall if you're still feeding those guys. So it's going to take some time to weed them out, right? It's going to take time. Uh, really a step-by-step -step process of elimination and then integration. It's really simple. And so some foods, obviously, to eliminate are just the hyper-processed ones, chock full of vegetable oils, of added sugars is especially a problem today. So analyze your diet based on the blood sugar roller coasters you may be having. Um, you know, are eating a lot of these added sugars, the hidden sugars, um, are they extremely aesthetic uh, or are they natural sugars like raw honey? You know, it's really good, uh, raw, clean, ancient, fermented raw honey. Uh, maple syrup, or is it coming from some organic fruit? So analyze and eliminate the added sugars, the problematic sugars, eliminate some of the processed foods and start integrating some healthier landscape of plants. You know, the botanicals are really what's important for feeding that microbiome. And I know with this carnivore craze and whatnot, they're saying, you know, fiber's not essential, but there's countless studies proving the beneficial effects of fiber and the biodiversity you create from uh, a broader landscape of these different fibers. And so I'm a firm believer in just having a balanced diet when it comes to these uh, and animals in many ways and find out what works well for you. If it's eating beef once every three months, great, do that. 
or it could be every day if you're clicking with that. Just listen to your body. But eliminate those troubling foods, integrate healthier foods, integrate some healthier landscape of plant diversity, and uh, really focus on uh, removing some of the gut irritants. You know, common culprits include wheat, includes the sugars we talked about, includes vegetable oils, uh, includes many other things like the oxalates if you have excessive amounts of those. Uh, common in kale and spinach and some other foods. So that can help with that is just cooking them down a little bit, sauteing them, or just avoid them overall. Uh, and seeds are common culprits for people that can have gut irritation. So really just analyze the inputs and outputs, and that's going to help a ton with the starting process on that. Yeah, for sure. What about as far as supplementation goes? Like, I'm curious to know how you leverage either supplements or um, peptides or compounds to really assist with uh, even gut health, like through that. I'm glad you brought up peptides. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love BPC 157, man. I think it's so powerful. And, you know, T500 is really good for the body too. I think there is some benefit of TB500 for uh, gut health too. I'm not totally sure. Do you know about that? I think it's more so for improving like collagen and tendons, more so mm. skeletal muscle recovery. But like some of these like trophic peptides, like they can have a broad spectrum effect on reducing body-wide inflammation, down-regulating mm -hmm. the inflammatory pathway. So it's, yeah, probably, there's probably some research on TB500 affecting yeah. your health as well. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to everything being connected. You know, as tendons and ligaments start benefiting and you feel better, you may have less stress, therefore having less gut issues. So it's like everything's interconnected. It's really wild thinking, you know, body that way of how intricately uh, it is all these systems, you know. Being said, you know, BC157 is a really powerful one. If you guys haven't looked into it, it's gaining a lot of mainstream momentum, which is awesome because it really does work. You know, I did uh, different uh, of it for two to three months at a time. And, you know, I got my meniscus back in um, ACL meniscus issue back in January of this year and doing that for three months, you know, and micrograms a day has really helped a lot. So, you know, I, I firmly believe in those things. You know, you can do the oral version of it too, which will target directly the gut. So that's a good way to go about it if you don't feel comfortable injecting insulin syringes in yourself, which some people are queasy with that. I love that. I'm just like, let's put this in my body and see what happens, you know. PPC-157 for peptides are great. And then we can even go into peptides related to collagen peptides and that sorts with those uh, protein amino acid chains. So big fan of collagen. I think that's a really helpful thing. You know, I, I think if you're a little bit younger, you don't really necessarily need a lot of the collagen supplementation, but I always go back to, you know, just drink bone broth. I think it's a great way to go about it, or you can even get plant-based sources of it, which can be beneficial too. But collagen in general is a great uh, way to rebuild the gut uh, wall, depending on which types it is, because they target different areas of the body, but that can be beneficial supplementing with that, or even just drinking the bone broth. Um, the IgG and immunoglobulins in there too. And uh, that colostrum, which I like, that can be beneficial for the gut wall. Colostrum is, I, I believe it's the uh, the beginning stages of the mother's milk being produced is like the most vital part for the, the, the baby cow. And so they end up taking that, which is kind of sexually to think about. So I hope it's not in a way that's very unethical because that's my biggest things too, is how do I resource some of these things as ethical as possible, right? I'm such a big passion about eco-consciousness, about sustainability. So tapping into that, you know, just know what you're, getting from these companies does serve a greater good perspective. Um, there's some things right there related to collagen, peptides, bone broth. And I would also add based on supplementation, certain key uh, probiotics can be beneficial. I'm a huge fan of uh, Lactobacillus plantarum. Uh, I think a really good one. Uh, I think it help out a lot just being this little like SWAT team that you take it in your gut. Now it doesn't repopulate in the gut, 
But what I believe the mechanism of action is you, you take this P3OM, for instance, I like the one from Bioptimizers. That one's good with Lactobacillus plantarum. But this specific strain, when you take it, can kind of weed out undigested proteins and things within your digestive tract and help process it. Because um, I know you know some mechanisms more than me. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because um, this morning on um, this group coaching program, um, Limitless program, we're talking about um, psychobiotics and different probiotics. And nice. Lactobacillus plantarum, the PS128, popped up quite a lot. Um, definitely finding these like useful. I think we should start to like view probiotics as definitely like just the same way that we can view certain medications because yeah, it definitely can affect various parameters within the body. Um, definitely for like candida, minimizing mm. the overgrowth of bad bacteria. Um, so the whole space of like probiotics is um, interesting. Because mm, they directly affect just how the brain functions, right? That's, that's wild. So yeah, there's a like that, you know, there's some different strains out there. And the thing is, there's no straight shot to what's going to work well for you. You do have to trial and error a lot of this. Um, some just fancy marketed out there may not even click with your biology specifically or your current microbiome state. So you're going to have to trial and error, see if it works for you. You know, the one person next to you might respond extremely well. You might not notice anything, or you might actually notice issues with that probiotic yeah. you take. So it's really just tapping into that conscious understanding of where you're at and how you feel as you progress in certain supplementation is key. Um, so, you know, that we mentioned, and I think just the brilliance of just nothing at all. Fasting can do wonders for when it comes to rehabbing the gut. Nothing crazy. You know, you can start with intermittent fasting routines, but if you really want to progress into healing the gut, uh, it might be best to introduce, you know, every month or every two months or every three months, a long-term fast, two to three days. So that can be really beneficial for just reestablishing that uh, gut biome and just processing some unwanted uh, bacteria and things within it. What's the uh, longest fasting period you've uh, you've fitted? Yeah, so I got uh, nine days, nine or 90, 90 days, not ninety days, ninety hours, ninety hours. Excuse me, that would have been Jeez. wild. Yeah, I'm just like a corpse at the end of it. Yeah, yeah he's like, how do you do this that? Is actually, I'm not actually talking to Christian. I'm talking to AI yeah. Christian. Yeah, this is AI. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. No, yeah, ninety hours, ninety hours. And that was actually just recently. That was about a month and a half ago. And so, like, you just utilize electrolytes and and just water or. Yeah, quote unquote cheated with that. Even some days I had, you know, say what works best for, you know, fast. So many conflicting viewpoints on this. And I just believe having some black coffee, some really good quality black coffee. I even go like decaf sometimes. Uh, six ounces, eight ounces. This just gives me a little kick, kind of keeps me going. And it actually can help out with the fat oxidation a little bit more if that's my goal for it. And um, careful with caffeine during long-term fast because you're already elevating cortisol. So it might not be best just to add even more cortisol. So thing to listen into for that. But yeah, I, that's what I did. I had a little bit of black coffee, electrolytes, you know, 4,000 milligrams of sodium and all these other minerals throughout the day. Um, so it, but it felt really natural and I didn't feel like I was having issues with my heart or palpitations or anything like that. Um, a little splash of apple cider vinegar two to three times a day as well throughout the fast. And was that purely just, um, just to see how you'd feel sort of thing? Yeah. My intention for it was really just more of a, a spiritual component of it. Just, I really love testing out, uh, inner bitch battle within my mind. I think that's one of my favorite things in the world is to really just tap into like, okay, my mind is tempting me to eat. My mind is tempting me to do this. My mind is making me weak. And then an hour or two later, if I don't give in, it all of a sudden I have a higher metabolism. I have higher energy. I feel good. I better focus. So it's just like going through those temptations of like mm. this interesting 
back and forth in my mind in these inner voice, this inner dialogue. I love playing around with it. And just the pitchforks, I get stabbed in my brain. I'm like, yeah, keep poking them at me. I can let's see what happens here, you know? Um, a topic which is, I guess, creation, energy, and drive. And specifically, let's look at like young men in particular, because I know you work with, um, well, um, mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, cults leading to this like procrastination, lack of motivation, like big these days. Oh, man, I'd say it's just a lack of identifying a purpose and actually like really solidifying that purpose and who you are and becoming one with that purpose and repeating that purpose as a mantra every single day. You know, this is just beautiful things is in this life we have right now and these vessels we're given and just somehow in a spiritual spacesuits, we weren't just handed a purpose by God or great spirit or source, whatever word you prefer. For me, it's God. Like I resonate with that word. I wasn't just handed this purpose. I was given the consciousness to be able to cultivate it myself. And so I find it so beautiful to be able to work with that intellect. And, you know, we're the only species on the human planet that is able to have this higher level cognitive function. And that is something that that is by the grace of God or, you know, this energy, like we can channel that even further by working with it. So I strongly believe in just, you know, pulling your pants up and just putting your belt on and just start writing and journaling and digging into the archives of your consciousness is going to be the first step for a lot of these guys. And that's an uncomfortable thing to do, you know, in silence, journaling. Those are all things that help you with finding who you are. It's not the stimulation. It's the lack thereof that helps you with your purpose. So the silence, the journaling, the peace, the quiet, the moments of looking off in the distance in nature, that's how you find your purpose. It's not searching it online or listening to YouTube videos. No, it's not. It's like you have, you were given like these God given traits that are unique to you, you know, and these that no one else can compete with or even compare to. So beautiful thing is, you know, what are your, what naturally comes easy to you? These are questions I go through with a lot of my clients is what naturally comes easy to you. You know, some people you went to school with, maybe growing up, they were really good at math. You just struggled with it, but you're really good at art and you loved music. Great. That naturally came easy to you. You didn't really have to try it. Just was a part of your essence. Another thing is, you know, what activities did you enjoy as a child? Overlaps with that first one a little bit um, that you just naturally felt called to or just activities that you enjoyed. And then, you know, some other aspects of this would include just, you know, what put flow state or that zone? What puts you in that flow state? You know, I love hopping on podcasts. I love talking. I love using my, I know you love that too, Lucas. It really lights you up. That's why you just have this ambition every day to be able to make videos, to converse with clients. Like that's a part of who you are. And so you're fulfilling your purpose by doing so. So for some people, they may be more introverted. Great. Maybe you're a better journalist and that's what you want to be called to do. It's less behind the camera, but more behind the books. So I think it's about tapping into that purpose. There's a purpose void today and it's due to, hyperstimulation and so much knowledge in this day and age um, have any a lick of what is available at our fingertips today compared to our grandparents, you know, a hundred years ago. I think there's some crazy stat where it's like, you know, greater in one day of information compared to a hundred years ago, something wild, but that's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely can resonate there. I mean, um, my sense of purpose, I mean, that was, I think fortunately for me that that occurred at a very young age. I think at around 21, 22, I was very clear on what my contribution is to the, to the, how I can benefit the world. Um, like knowing exactly what path I want to go down. Um, I feel like men these days, they can also find themselves finding like they're stuck in what they're doing and there's no way out. So get us some good strategies for, you know, men needs to really like look at, what their you know, just calling would be. 
You know, funny, it's not a mindset thing. It's a physical body thing. I think it's number one, just getting your ass up and walking and moving and, and, and lights and eating healthy food. Start there. Like that's the baseline. Because a lot of, you know, I strongly believe these depression rates are pri- primarily due to not necessarily, or not necessarily depression, but just anyone feeling out of sorts right now, anyone feeling a moodiness or just feeling like you're not tapping into your higher self. It's not necessarily a spiritual thing, which yes, it very well could be. It could be ancestral trauma, which I totally agree with. But I think that is usually harvested up even more because of the sickness or, you know, lack of harmony in the body, which contributes primarily to movement, exercise, weightlifting, or eating nutritious foods and supplementation and things along those lines. So Mm. I think those are two viable things that most people can stick to is, you know, sleep, fitness and movement, nutrition and gut, and then nature and sun. You know, if you prioritize all those basic foundations, just low level basic foundations, you're going to notice a big difference in your energy to be able to start working towards the mindset strategies to cultivate that purpose or fulfill it even more. Yeah. Speaking about, um, animization, I know that you've, um, semen retention. So I mm-hmm. uh, get like lots of DMs every single day. On oh, yeah. topic. Um, let's talk about it from like a, I guess like an energetic spiritual realm. Like what is your answer on semen retention? Mm. Yeah. So it, the semen comes together with the egg and forms this life source energy, this baby into the world. And it takes nine months in the womb and it pops out and there's a beautiful human being. Um, for the semen joining with the egg, that one little sperm, there wouldn't be that life. And so esoteric, you know, spends, you know, every time release, you were releasing some form of life source energy that could have been used for building life. And so it is things if we just, you know, release, wipe it with a napkin, there it goes in the trash or the toilet. It's like, that's just disrespectful. If anything, you know, it's a form of energy that you just gave away. And that's why some of these guys can go to these clinics, bust in a cup and get paid a thousand dollars for it because it's worth that much. It's worth more than that. It's priceless. What you just created, it's life source energy. So that I strongly believe if men became more connected to that sperm, that semen and what this can do and you know, this power and how much energy it takes to regenerate it in the human body based on all the minerals you need inputs in from the nutrition, the, you know, the, the uh, overall uh, air you're breathing, like the fresh air, like all that creates that energy in the body in this physical form, which has that spiritual connection of creating life. So that's, mm. uh, that's what I would think about it primarily. Have you seen any benefits yourself in terms of um, extended of NOFAP and seeing like benefit outside the realm of like energy? Mm, absolutely. You know, I've gone uh, in recent usually two to three weeks, but it hasn't been anything more than that for a little bit. Um, you know, I'm curious to what that is like doing one to two to three months. I haven't experimented with that for a little bit of time, or a lot of bit of time in all honesty. It's been years. Um, have you had self any experimentation with that? Uh, I think the list that I did was like 12 or 13 days. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I, I blame my very high testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> I blame it too, man. I have to release it at times, you know, it's, it's billowing up. I'm like, I got it. You know, something's up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true that you do, you know, have the generation, you know, it's all about the puts, you know, if your body is low in stress, you're taking certain supplements that amplify it, that regeneration of that energy. If you're having those inputs, it's able to release more often, right? Mm-hmm. If anything, it's actually maybe been more beneficial well, based on prostate seen- health and stuff. Well, that's exactly what I'm talk about. I've actually seen research suggesting that um, circulation frequency um, two times per week was actually beneficial for the prostate itself, like reducing the risk of prostate cancer, mm. which is um, the, that's like a physiological benefit, but I can see like 
like subjectivation. Like I've noticed periods where like if I've, you know, had a big week and like calculated times, then I will notice that on Monday and Tuesday, like it is a harder to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm more in a, like a bit of a, like a airy fairy state sort of. It's like a healing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I feel that too. I totally uh, click with that. You know, it's like this haziness where it's almost like this low level, like a bit lazy right now. We're giving to this habit a little bit easier or just feel like pushing off the ice bath when really it would be like a no hesitation if I was like completely up and on it. So it does have some level of testosterone boosting. You know, there is some research on that. Um, and stuff relating to, you know, there's one study on uh, they, these guys who do a sex club and they test out their testosterone levels by going to a sex club, which is basically the same thing as it's, it's synergistic to watching pornography for men. So basically going to a sex club, watching that stuff can raise your testosterone by like 10 ish percent or so just watching it, you know, the sex itself can boost your testosterone, like actually going into the sex, sex activity yourself that can boost it by over like a 70, something like that. It's like a higher number. So here is, sex without ejaculation even leads to like, I think some great crazy number, like 200 plus percent, but these studies are not super efficacious. They're not super. That's the problem with it. We haven't replicated them all too much. And so which nowadays, no one's really going to fund these things as much. I don't think it takes a lot of money. And so it's like, yeah, look what happens when, you know, does this, no one's going to fund it really. So it's like, faulties <laughs> around these kind of long-term researches, um, but yeah, Absolutely. otherwise, you know, yeah, I was gonna mention. I actually um, was to host like a semen, semen count or sperm count competition. Who could yeah. <laughs> instead of like instead of focusing on um, me, like oh, how can I boost testosterone to above a thousand? So I was like, hmm, what else could I have as like a competition? So I thought of like a sperm count competition. So wow, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Actually, I think that would get guys competitive too. So there's your testosterone raising as well. <laughs> The, yeah. com the competition raises it, you know, <laughs> kind of uh, studies on rams or something where they've seen their testosterone levels in the rams that compete and they oh, lose yeah. their testosterone decreases like crazy. But when they compete and win, it's like, whoa, like some amount of energy. So not just about winning, but competing in itself raises testosterone because it's protective. You know, it's like that prowess and, and power that comes from it. But yeah, the, one of the Taoist uh, ways, about, you know, if you guys are curious is there's an equation they had from you know, years and years, she is big on this. And it's basically, I think it's age in years minus seven divided by four. So if you're 30, you know, minus seven, 23 divided by four, that's how many days in between ejaculation may be best for your testosterone drive and overall uh, energy levels and whatnot. So that's a, that's a good little thing to do. I just, I just roast guys that ask me, I'm just saying, you know, dude, just do it one week. That's a good, just, just follow a week, you know, maybe, but you know, one is two, not really fine. Just give yourself at least three to three days in between four days in between, you know, give your body the, the recuperation action. So here's a quick little message to all men listening into today's show. Do you want to double your energy levels, boost motivation and increase your focus? If so, you may be interested in my epic men's energy program. I've recently launched called limitless. Now, Limitless is an exclusive 12-week program for men who want to go from feeling tired, unmotivated, or burnt out to highly energetic, driven, and focused. Within the program, I will analyze your own unique biology and lay out a fully personalized health protocol so that you can finally unlock peak physical and cognitive performance. Over the 12 weeks, you will have direct access to me to ensure your results, as well as the chance to join me live twice a week 
to ask me anything relating to health protocols and discover cutting-edge men's health info to keep you at the top of your game. Now, spots in this program are extremely limited. So if you're interested in finding out more, make sure you go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash limitless program to reserve the next available call to see if you're a good fit. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash limitless program. You'll also find this link in my bio on my Instagram profile and also my YouTube channel. Studying like actual humans where they abstain for seven days and on, on day seven, there was that massive spike. I think it was like a 45% above baseline in total. And it plateaus, right? Yeah. Or it just like stays there. Yeah, I've even noticed like like four to five bits of like I, I, my behaviors are definitely more geared towards like highly productive, highly disciplined, highly motivated, just like get like easier to get into like a flow state. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much the benefits that I noticed. Mm -hmm. I will mention though, you did say the word no fap and this is one of my uh, novel ways of thinking is it's not necessarily about no fap, but it's about like no porn and yeah. semen retention. That's one of my biggest things because you can work that energy if you really want to. I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, having sex ejaculation could boost testosterone tremendously, right? Because all these hormones are working and then all of a sudden you just don't ejaculate. It's like they're still elevated. They're still working mm -hmm. up. So the same idea can happen if you want to grab some coconut oil and get at it for a little bit, but you don't release and you do that. Like that is something Manchia is big on. You know, he's uh, the Taoist, you know, he's, he's the base of me and uh, foundation to a lot of these ancient uh, practices of semen retention and so-called sexual kung fu they say right it's like kung means uh energy you know, uh, or kung fu it's like energy or hard work long term on hard work is what kung fu means and it's, it's funny because it's hard work it, you know no pun intended is it, is it kung, kung fu or kung fu all <laughs> <laughs> right there we go that's it <laughs> that's hilarious maybe it is kung fu you know later on Jeez. yeah that's hilarious a good play on words there but that's the thing too it's like you know you can't work and actually, I like to say, if you do work it, you can really support yourself and, you know, potentially last longer enhance, enhancing penile size because you're actually drawing blood into that organ with your penis. Um, and you're able to work that muscle just like it is your bicep. You're going to help enhance, you know, the overall function in many ways. I mean, imagine mm -hmm. if I never just curled my arm up for a year, well, that, that arm would atrophy crazy if this one's doing all the work. So, you know, if I work penis downstairs, it's going to work, you know, more of the muscle fibers, more of that sensation down there, and you could potentially last longer, you could potentially boost the penile size, right? So um, there's different ways to look at it, but that's my perspective for sure. What's your approach in terms of like, let's say a guy to you and sort of says like, uh, like what can I do to, to mosterone um, from, from an exercise standpoint, like how would you approach that? Mm. I like to do um, a three to four week weightlifting uh, regimen. So three to four days, you know, most people do three days, especially with their time management and the schedule. But four days can be sufficient for a lot if you are getting that input for training, like the nutrition's really dialed in. But for exercise specifically, yeah, lifting heavy weights and doing, you know, I, I've been doing myself on full body workouts lately and I've been loving it. Like I just start my workouts with two different compound exercises. So let's say it's Bulgarian split squats. Uh, which, by the way, working your legs is one of the best ways to enhance testosterone. So I highly encourage people to tap into leg day. Don't become a popsicle stick. Really work those legs. So 
Uh, there's, you know, Bulgarian split squat, one of my favorites because you can really drive some of those macro muscles. You know, you got the uh, overall in the, uh, the hips and the tremor work those hips that stimulates a lot of that T growth. Um, you know, all these muscles are really triggered from that and you get that stretch in the hips. So I really like squats. Perhaps I'll do the next one as like some type of standard leg deadlift or maybe it's some just overall um, split squats along those lines. So I enjoy doing legs, two sets, maybe three to four uh, exercises, then three to four uh, sets per, you know, anywhere from like a six to 12 range is favorable. Uh, around that eight reps is pretty good for testosterone from what I'm aware of. You know, you can, of course, play with it because you can do more volume, time under tension. There's so many factors that come into play. But yeah, two different exercises of legs I like to start with lately, three to four days a week. And then after that, you can do maybe a pull movement. You can do some pull-ups, some rows. Uh, then maybe after that, some presses, some, you know, standing press or maybe some uh, seated bench dumbbell press along those lines. So that's a great way to go about it is just focus on the anabolic nature of, you know, building muscle, working the leg day, three to four days a week of that, 45 minutes to an hour. And then you could throw in on off days, really high caliber sprinting and doing some of that. I mean, the HGH, that's insane. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm neglected over the past couple of weeks and I have noticed a difference in things. So uh, really maybe one to two times a week of HIIT training, high intensity interval training for around 20 minutes is really all you need go all out for 30 seconds, maybe 15 seconds, take a rest for 20 seconds, repeat something like that's really powerful. And all you need is your two legs. That's all you need. So, uh, is something like that as a protocol for exercise. Yeah. I think, um, that pretty much you know, matches my, my approach. Nice. Yeah. Pretty similar, man. I'm doing like three to four days a week of, um, so compound lifting. Usually I'm actually dropping down the rep ranges. Now I used to be like hovering around eight to 12 reps, but I've actually deliberately dropped it way down to around four to five reps. Mm, how do you like that? Um, I noticed less CNS depletion. Like um, I don't feed it after my workouts, but at the same time, I'm just like asking myself like, oh, oh I hope this is still going to build muscle. I, yeah. I know that it will, but it probably um, the same effect as like an eight to 12 rep range. Cause yeah, typically I don't really get sore if I do like only five reps or so. It's kind of like a myofibrillar hypertrophy, though, wouldn't you say? Like you're more, you're more so in kind of like a, I like to compare the two different like power lifters versus maybe a bodybuilder when it comes to that. Like mm. the myofibrillar fibers of the muscle, those are the actual fibers of the muscle, and so you can stimulate those at much heavier weights and lower reps uh, versus like bodybuilding, which is more of the sarcoplasmic. That's why they look bigger, they look more aesthetic but they aren't necessarily stronger. You know, a bodybuilder yeah. might get ass whooped when it comes to benching or squatting or anything um, when it comes to comparison to a, a power lifter. So that's, you know, it's cool. Do you ever practice reverse pyramid training? So like, do you that ever practice starting, that? Starting with low reps and then like doing more drop sets towards the end. Exactly. Yeah. Start at your heaviest first, do a lower rep range, drop the weight, maybe 10% per set and then increase the volume. Yeah, I did that. I actually did that last night for, um, so I started oh nice like 91 kilos then dropped it I I went from those down to like 36 and then isn't I that like, crazy <laughs> yeah I got a, mad, a, good like a really good back pump from that like I felt great after that oh dude that's great yeah yeah I'm a huge fan of some type of reverse pyramid training you just kind of flip over everything you know biggest waste of volume as you progress I, I like that a lot 
But, you know, I'm so, like, on the fly when it comes to training. There isn't, like, a specific protocol I follow now that I'm so intuitive yeah. with it. And I'm sure you're the same way, too. It's pure enjoyment. It's pure. Uh, I just love that time to self. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, if you're just starting off with lifting, like, definitely have some structure. That's where you're going to be able to be at a position like maybe Lucas and I later on where you can just go with the flow when you go to the gym. Like, no set plan. But it's like, oh, when I go in, I know what I'm hitting, you know, all in your mm-hmm. mind and stuff. Um, kind of like. You know, if you recommend a lot of my clients, I start off tracking your food, not in a way that's obsessive, but in a way it's like, if I see this and I can actually work with it, uh, it will make a big difference to me being able to. You still there? Yeah, it's back. <laughs> okay. Let me change the camera. It's getting like glitchy real quick. Yep. All good. Are we able to trim this later? I apologize about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll get my editor to fix that. That's all good. Sorry about that. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, get this back on. There we go. Oh, it comes back on. Is that working now? I think that's uh, back up. Yeah, it's back up on this one. The quality is worse, but let's see here. Maybe this will work. Sorry about that, Lucas. Okay. That's all right. Oh, good. I think it's back. Uh, ch- check your audio, your microphone. Is it is it the software? Because uh, I've only used Ripper like probably four or five times now. Um, what do you, no sound on your end. Okay, now it's unmuted. But yeah, it's now it's not letting me switch. It's saying because it's already playing now, it won't let me switch into uh, the other mic into the cam midway through this right now. Oh, okay. Um, so should well, we, re- I think, well, the audio is coming through too bad actually. So I think it, I reckon it's fine to keep going. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is fine. Maybe bring them. Is it coming from your earphones? That, that microphone? There? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. That's way better. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> is that working now? Let me get this over yeah, here. Yeah. 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 That's working way better. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, um, so what about, like, you, mentioned, you, you oh, mentioned uh, sprint. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Um, you mentioned training and, um, like, high-intensity high training. Uh, I personally have started about three weeks ago, like, sprinting two to three times a week. Um, and I've been doing it on and actually barefoot. Uh, and I know mm. you've some of the benefits you've noticed. Um, yeah, talk us through the training that you're currently doing. Yeah, it's very similar to what I was bringing up, just going all out for a good 20 seconds at a, a mild incline, you know, and just have good music in the background on my speaker to keep me motivated. Uh, so it's like 20 seconds all out. Sometimes it's 15. Uh, and then I'll walk all back to the location, which is usually about, man, I want to say it's about 25 meters. You know, it's a good distance. It's like 50 to 75 feet something along those lines and I'll just go up that incline and uh, all out for 20. So, and then walk back and just repeat that for a good 20 minute cycle until I'm just like breathing heavily out of my lungs and doing my best not to die. So, <laughs> yeah. And so what about like, if we're a recovery standpoint, I mean, 
um, or like protein intake? Like, are you prioritizing protein over uh, over the other macronutrients? Mm, absolutely, yeah. When it comes to the training and the output, I'm I'm you know really I metabolism as well. So making sure I do have adequate protein is key. So you know, for my meat, I typically orient around 40 to 50 grams per maybe three meals a day. It's not a crazy amount of protein, but right around 120, 150 grams a day is usually, I feel really good doing that. Um, and also I special amino acids every day. So that helps out too with, you know, when it comes to preventing sort of uh, catabolic nature uh, of the training and not adequate protein in. So EAAs are awesome uh, for that. But yeah, man, I mean, lately I've been really prioritizing like my first meals typically around six raw eggs. Uh, and I combine that with uh, either a plant-based protein source that's really clean with three different sources like pumpkin, hemp, and maybe pea. It's an organic clean source like that. Uh, or maybe I'll just do isolate powder. Uh, I'll add some collagen to that, you know, avocado, blueberries, some things along those lines to help spicy up. So it's a good nutrient-dense smoothie. Now, I feel called to doing those more so during summertime when I'm moving a lot more. It's cool. So now that it's transitioning into winter, I most likely will start having more warming foods to break my fast. Uh, which is usually around 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, you know, I wake up to get to around 7 a.m., so I have like two to three hours of just enjoying like an elixir in the morning with all this good stuff. And so, yeah, usually it's like that 40 to 50 gram uh, smoothie. You now three, four hours later, are having either just a fruit bowl, which will be post-workout after that, um, a big fruit bowl of all three, whether it's mango, you know, pineapple, like blueberry again, something along those lines. By the way, I always get frozen fruit. Uh, organic frozen, it's, it's harvested fresh, and so it's more nutrient-dense versus a lot of the store-bought ones. They're harvested when they're not actually ripe on the vine, and so therefore they don't have as much nutrients uh, into the actual itself. So that's a nice little hack for you guys out there. Um, mm. You know, it's getting frozen veggies overall, more nutrient-dense. Uh, so, yeah, I'll do that, and then that midday meal will usually count <clears> 2 to 3 o'clock or something along those lines. And that will be something where it's either beef, it's sardines. I really enjoy that, so I'll have, like, two cans of sardine along those lines and olive oil. I love olive oil. It's my biggest hack on, you know, longevity. I find that to be the biggest uh, support supports in my overall arsenal. It's extra virgin olive oil, really good quality, rich, spicy one loaded up in antioxidants. Yeah. And then I'll have a big salad with arugula or something along those lines, rocket, as you guys call it. Um, and then usually be maybe sweet potatoes and some grass-fed beef, something along those lines to, to finalize the day. So it, it all adds up to anywhere from 120 to 160 grams of protein, just about. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't necessarily sound like a very like extremist approach to your diet. I mean, it's quite similar to mine, actually. It's like it's more of a – it's a balanced diet with like foods that you probably really enjoy eating mm -hmm. um, and that it probably doesn't like a diet in a sense. It's just like foods that are really high in bioavailable nutrients, um, you know, some easy to digest carbohydrates. I mean, that's like, I think probably the best approach for the long run, both from a, like radiant health and, and also a body composition standpoint. Like it's very, it's not, it doesn't have to be that complex. That's it, man. I worship uh, simplicity, all the Stoics, you know, like I love the roots of Stoicism. I think it's amazing. And I've applied that same philosophy into uh, just nutrition in my comment with that. I think it's just the more simple you live, the better off. I mean, dude, I used to be making complex gargantuan recipes. And actually, even though it may have been more quote unquote nutrient dense, I was having so much diversity in all these different foods. I was actually having issues with my, my poop. I was having issues with my, my gut health. So it's like simplicity can really be a serious thing you can tap into for the most effective results. Like 
find two to three meals interchange throughout the week for each meal of the day and just stick to those. You don't have to do all these fancy recipes and everything. You just find some baseline stuff and hit some uh, basic protein goals. It's just king for metabolism and, mm. and uh, satiate, preventing hunger, cravings and things. So, you know, that, those are some components of a healthy lifestyle with nutrition for sure. Yeah. What about from a like sleep optimization point of view? Uh, I'd imagine you've trialed and experimented with different sleep regimes or maybe even different sleep supplements, maybe even some psychedelic compounds. Um, yeah. Did you maybe share your experience with, um, you know, optimizing? Actually, you bring up psychedelic, man. I love making uh, my sleep schedule. Sleep in general is such a beautiful phenomenon. Like it's our way of just breaking this almost like material world and just entering this ethereal, crazy, extravagant land. And so I'm really big on testing things that can really kind of, uh, they're kind of scary, but just really playing around with the dream state with things like certain herbs and whatnot, like mugwort's insane for dreams. Yeah. I don't know if you've tried mugwort. Have you played around with that? Yeah, I remember getting introduced to that. The, uh, second year uni, uh, one of my um, one of my friends school, he was like talking about mugwort tea for like um, really good dreams. That's it, man. Yeah, so I've had some profound experiences with that. Now, I don't want to have to kickstart talking about sleep about all these fancy things, but I will. And then we'll get into some nat- like just actual applicable things for you guys. But yeah, mugwort I enjoy. You know, I enjoy playing around with valerian occasionally. That's a very common over-the-counter one you can get. Um, it can just stimulate so many uh, transcendental dream states. It's really unique. At least for me, it, it had some crazy things. But some people report having some very uh, scary dreams. So I would just be <laughs> used with caution for sure. I mean, because it can pull out some demons. Um, but you know, some of these are powerful. Uh, things for sleep overall, man, it's just that blue light. Like really some people just don't even twice about it. You know, having that blue light over and all these led lights or fluorescent lights, whatever, mitigating as much blue light as possible. When that sun sets, the second that sun sets, I want you to get serious out there for anyone listening, just to cut that blue light off. My whole house is pimped out in red bulbs that emit very, very low level free. My fridge has it in case I have the munchies later. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yes. I'm not the only one. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. I, I see. I love geeking out on this stuff. It's not like, you know, there's, there's very few people who do this kind of stuff, Luke, because it's funny. Um, Dude, if, yeah, my if, you, fridge, I- if you walk from the street, because I'm in a, I'm in like high up in an apartment building. And so like, if you see my from the street, like the entire place is red. So people think it's like, a, I'm sure people think it's a red light. Sex district. dungeon. <laughs> it's a sex dungeon for sure, dude. Yes. I, I've had people come over to my house. They're like, dude, like it's, it's really cozy in here. But like what's going on? Oh, you know, just, you know. <laughs> Having a good in the melatonin, man. What about you? So <laughs> seriously, though, that cortisol awakening response is massive with any form of artificial light. So those red lights are closer clutch, things along those lines. Coolness, man. Going back to you freezing your balls every day with the ice pack. Like coolness in the room is absolutely essential. I love having a good 65, maybe even 62 degrees inside. Like that is my favorite thing with my uh, air doctor purifying all night. So having that fresh flow in air. Big fan of that. I think that's one of the best ways to support testosterone. Speaking of all that, too, is really cooling down the room, you know, and then just getting your, uh, you know, blankets and whatnot. So I sleep naked as, uh, as well every night. Getting some organic cotton sheets can be helpful or just 100% cotton avoiding polyester sheets can be beneficial as well because that plastic, if you're sleeping every night eight hours in that bed and you're just surrounded around plastic polyester, that's obviously not good for you. So no, play around you know, and the coolness of the room. And then we can get into some, some uh, supplementation and whatnot. I really enjoy key foundations I've been really using for the past several months are 
Magnesium, of course, I've been taking forever. I love full spectrum magnesium, glycinate, bisglycinate. Those are great um, for really calming the nerve most out of, uh, you know, other ones, three and eight do. Um, 600 milligrams of that every night is really good. I play around with zinc occasionally as well. Um, zinc is really good supportive with the magnesium. That's why they have supplements called ZMA, which is beneficial for some people too. But um, I enjoy L-theanine every night as well. I just love my L-theanine. It's very non-invasive, super chill. I take it every day, and it's just it's awesome. Stacking with caffeine is my favorite piece <clears throat> to mitigate a lot of the <clears throat> edginess from caffeine. So L-theanine, magnesium. Uh, electrolytes, I'll take a little scoop of that. Tart cherry juice, I absolutely love that too. You know, the, there's like a natural melatonin and tryptophan in there, so that can really help out with deep sleep. And the antioxidants are insane on the uh, OROC scale. I think it's called the Oxidative Reactive uh, something, the ORAC scale or whatever. Oh, yeah, oxygen, o- oxygen radical uh, absorbs capacity. Capacity, yeah, yeah. Absorption capacity, yeah. So basically, it's just its way of mitigating any sort of. Uh, reactive oxidatives in the body. So tartary juice is like really, really loaded on these antioxidants. So taking that at night is really good for skin and you know, sleep. So tartary juice, L- uh, electrolytes, magnesium. I love glycine. I love inositol. That's really good too. So I take those pretty often. Um, those are my like little sedate back. That's, those are some things I take consistently nearly every night to help out with sleep. And there's really no adherence to it. I've gone you know on vacations without taking any of that. And I sleep just fine too. So you don't become, mm. you know, stuck on it. But I love just prioritizing sleep because that's how you can have a pursuit day ahead. And going back to the first parts of this podcast is, you know, why, what is causing men to feel so lack of mo- motivation and purpose and all this stuff? And I think sleep is a big contributor. You know, if we can really focus on high quality, deep sleep every night, we're going to wake up more refreshed for that output and purpose. So um, huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. Now some great. Great biohacks there. I mean, um, another one that we talk about is, uh, have you ever used a weighted blanket? I have one right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've um, well, I only recently started across a study in healthy adults where using a weighted blanket increased nighttime melatonin levels by thirty six percent. No was, way! This whole know. time, I just got it out of just pure curiosity because I wanted it years ago. That's nice. Wow, yeah. good to know. Uh, it's good some some good research there, but um, yeah, I'd say there's some some powerful takeaways for those um, listening in. People want to connect with you, um, follow you on Instagram, find you. Absolutely, yeah. Pretty much everything is all in one on cvcwellness.com. You can access a lot of good stuff on there. You know, there's blogs. You got uh, basically all my channels, actions to uh, social media are on there. But also, you know, just expanding my YouTube right now is at CVC Wellness on there and all platforms. You know, TikTok. Instagram, Twitter. Um, I enjoy just pumping out you guys to really benefit from this natural vitality. So uh, a lot of, a lot of good inter- similar to what Lucas puts out there, just really powerful, potent stuff that is really not common in the space. I think a lot of people can benefit from and feel motivated from. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. I'm sure to leave those linked in the show notes, but, uh, otherwise Christian, thank you, man. Thank you, brother. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. What do you Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.